This episode of Stick Like Glue Radio is brought to you by Jim Palmer's Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. Now is the time to create your dream business, and Jim Palmer is the perfect business coach to help you get that done. Jim offers three different coaching programs, and as a member of his mastermind group, you'll also benefit from the advice, wisdom, and inspiration of other successful entrepreneurs. This is a group of action takers, so if you're tired of slow to no growth and are ready to finally grow your dream business, go to www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. Hey friends, this is James Malinchak, feature on ABC's hit TV show Secret Millionaire and founder of BigMoneySpeaker.com, and you are listening to my good friend Jim Palmer on Stick Like Glue Radio. Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Those are always great things in anybody's business. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. I'm so excited about this week's show. My special guest is Kim Addis, a fellow business coach. She is from Frame of Mind Coaching. Let me tell you a little bit about Kim, and we'll bring her right on. Kim Addis, MBA, is president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and Journal Engine Software, author, speaker, entrepreneur, coach, and mother of five. Kim is one of North America's foremost experts on coaching with a focus on mindset and thought mastery, very important as you know. By using her unique process of combining coaching with journaling, she works with clients who are intelligent, driven, and ambitious and helps them examine and shift their thinking in order to yield extraordinary results. Kim, how are you doing today? Thank you so much for being on Stick Like Glue Radio this week. I'm excited to be here and love the idea of sticking like glue. I'm a fan of that idea. Yeah, that's you know. So real quick story. So that that was my uh, second book. I've, I've written six. That was my second book. And about three and a half years ago, I was getting ready to launch my podcast. And my web guy said, "We need a name. We need a name." And I'm like, "I don't. I, I just wasn't being creative." And I spun my chair around where I have my my book sitting on a little tripod. So we do a video interview. People see it, and I go, "How about stick like Clue Radio?" And it just sort of fits. So, but it's and it just sort all of about. Stuck. It's wow! There you go! There you go! How about that? So you are a mother of five. Wow! How about that? Yeah, it's great. I'm uh, I'm a busy person. I have five kids, four boys, one girl, and uh, they range in age from 16 to 22. I have my hands full. Wow! You know they did figure out what causes that. So <laughs> I guess well, being your youngest is 16. You figured that out too. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, they they keep us hopping, that's for sure. They all have uh, different challenges, issues, opportunities. They bring good stuff to the table. And sometimes, you know, days aren't always that easy, but uh, they certainly keep us engaged. That is for sure. Yeah, I'm a father of four, and uh, I actually have two grandkids now, so 
Wow. I know what the and I come from four and my wife came from a four, so we, we know what big families are. So not too many of us left anymore who love to have big families around. Now the other thing which gave me pause as I read your introduction, you like to connect with people who are intelligent, driven and ambitious. I think I'm ambitious. <laughs> I know I'm driven, but we'll we'll see if I can fit the third one in here anyway. Just just like to have a little fun. So hey, let me ask you this. What drew you into the coaching world? Well, actually, before the coaching world, I used to own a simulation-based assessment company, and we used to build simulations and uh, help companies make better hiring decisions. And the idea was to help people experience jobs before they actually got hired for them and to see what their likelihood of success in those various jobs would be. And what I discovered is like we ended up testing really hundreds of thousands of people, and we discovered that there was one common factor between top performers in every industry. It didn't matter the position. And, uh, you know, you would think intelligence is the driving factor, but it's not. You would think experience maybe or social skills, but none of them are really the primary factor in determining outstanding success. The real key indicator of top performers is their higher degree of emotional resilience. So those people who are able to bounce back from adversity with a greater speed and agility have a much, much higher likelihood of succeeding in whatever industry they're in. And so if we look at coaching, um, most of our coaching is focused on achieving goals. It's not really focused on developing a high degree of emotional resilience. And I thought, well, you know what, if I could, uh, if I could go in that direction instead of creating business plans and holding people accountable, I would be doing something super interesting, and that's what ended up happening. That is really cool. So it's uh, so you say it's simulation based. How exactly is it like an online thing? Where the, how what do you exactly. mean by simulation? Exactly. So you've been in, let's say, a car simulator, or you've gone to, let's say, a video arcade, and you've pretended to drive a, a fake car, right? Well, this is right. very similar, except you're pretending to step into the role of a given position in a given industry. So it could be a sales position, a real estate position, a leadership position, whatever the position is, you step into the role of that position and you play out a variety of scenes. So they give you challenges and how you respond to those challenges indicates how strong your emotional resilience is. But we're also evaluating other things like your intelligence, your uh, skill set, your, if you're in sales, your ability to close, build rapport, etc. So we're looking at uh, a wide variety of skill sets, but what we found is it didn't matter uh, what kind of job you were looking at, a person who had a higher degree of emotional resilience, uh, that key characteristic trumps all others in terms of determining uh, success over the long run. That's that's incredible. How long does something like that take? Is it like over days? Is it like an hour or two? Or cause it yeah, seems it's to about me an hour. It, yeah, it's about an hour long test, and uh, like it's an assessment. You've heard of assessments before, like the right. uh, the disc assessment. Any, but this is simulation. So, for example, we had one called the real estate simulator, and in that one, you would literally get to play the role of a real estate agent and interact with virtual clients who were interested in buying or selling property. And as you went through the process, your actions would be tracked and then compared with top performers. And one of the things we were looking at is, like, you're getting knocked down, you're getting rejected. How do you bounce back from that? How do you react? How do you respond? And so we're tracking your, your responsiveness to that. And what we found is that people with a, it's not, 
you know, it's not only the degree of emotional resilience we're looking at, it's what you do with the adversity when it happens. So people with high emotional resilience not only get up faster, but they leverage their adversity. They do something with it. They turn it into something good. They turn it into an advantage. And that takes a certain kind of thinking and a certain type of processing, and that's what we're doing in Frame of Mind Coaching is we're teaching people to think in ways that help them reach their goals more effectively. You know, I, early early on in my career, I spent a lot of time in retail and had a lot of people working for me and hiring. And it, I always thought way back then, I'm way back in the early 80s when, you know, it, probably this didn't exist, I'm guessing, but how nice it would have been to use something like that to smoke out or flesh out some of the people who were really good in an interview, in a normal interview, into what they'd actually be like in the job. That sounds really cool. Is that still Is that still going today? Oh, yes, there are many, many, actually, at this point. That was quite a long time ago. Um, and at this point, there are, you know, hundreds of simulations out there, and many companies use them as a methodology for, um, you know, screening, retention, um, f you know, for for really trying to see who would be the right fit for that particular role. Awesome. So uh, in doing my research a little bit, I saw on uh, LinkedIn, I saw this uh, article or posting, Seven Thinking Traps That Leaders Encounter. Tell me a little bit about that article. Well, what it is is a white paper. What we do with clients is we really look at how they think and how their thinking impacts their outcomes. And what we found is that, um, you know, we work with very intelligent people, people who are driven, and they think, you know, they're, they're bright people. They know how to be strategic. Unfortunately, sometimes their strategies don't pan out. They don't work out the way they expect them to, and there's a piece that's missing. And they don't understand that what's happening is they have fallen into a series of thinking traps that prevent them from being able to reach their goals. And so in this particular white paper, we identify some of the traps that leaders fall into that keep them from achieving their goals and bringing people on board and having everybody rowing in the same direction. So when you're talking about leaders, do you work with a lot of, like, CEO level, or do you work with small business owners, or, I mean, all of the above? Yeah, we, we, work, with, we work with entrepreneurs. Uh, we work with a lot of entrepreneurs, but we also work with uh, VPs, CEOs, just high-level executives, and, and really what we're, what we're working with is people who have the following three things in common. Number one is that they are extremely driven and they have big goals, so they want to achieve something big in the span of their lives. The second thing is that they want to make a difference in the world and they want to leave a positive impact. And the third is they're spirited people and they are uh, people who want to experience amazing things in their lifetimes and typically through the process of engagement. So, you know, these people want to cram in their lives with extraordinary experiences. So those are the people we coach. A lot of times those people are entrepreneurs. A lot of times those people are executives and very often innovators as well. Um, so, Kim, the last book I wrote was called Decide, The Ultimate Success Trigger, and it really I, – I didn't want to call it a mindset book because everybody gets a preconceived notion of what that is, but I started tackling some of the issues. I'm, I'm guessing we probably have a lot in common as to how we work with people, but um, – you know, I tackle everything from the imposter syndrome to how you handle risk, so your ability to let go and delegate and all that. Because, you know, I think most people that become entrepreneurs have the potential to be high achievers, but they they can't get out of their own way, you know, or or they have you know some fear based um, you know things holding them back. Is some like does that seem uh, 
some of the 100%. stuff you do also? One hundred percent. I mean, every company, especially small companies, are a one hundred percent reflection of the owner and the thinking of that owner. And so, when we look at a broken system, what we also want to look at is the thinking that created a system that needs adjustment, and and why that came to be. Because you know, if we just try to fix the system without really fundamentally looking at the brain that created the system, we're only fixing the tail end of the or, of the of the organism, you could say. And that problem will likely recur over and over again in different incarnations. So we really want to address the overall thinking of the leader of any organization. So when I talk about leaders, I am absolutely also talking about uh, entrepreneurs who run their small businesses. So how do you do that? Is there a, um, I mean, everybody's different, but is there a, a certain amount of time it usually takes, or is it like monthly yes. meetings, private calls? So usually we begin with a 10-week coaching period, and that's the foundation, and that 10-week period is extremely intense, but it's critical. So what happens in that 10-week period is there's a call once a week. Every call is an hour in length. Every call is recorded. And why are we recording those calls is because we want our clients to listen to the recording and start to hear themselves and pay attention to the language they use, the stories they tell, their tone, their voice, their intonation, all of that, and start to learn how to observe themselves and to observe their thinking patterns. So that's part A. The second part is that we ask our clients to journal in an online journal every single day for the duration of those 10 weeks. And so what happens is we give them a journaling question that gets the ball rolling. They start to journal. Their journal goes to the coach. The coach reads and responds to the journal. So it's very intense and it's very intimate because they are in dialogue with their coach every single day for 10 whole weeks. And what happens is that they really travel a great distance in a short period of time. And what they're doing is they're seeing the relationship between their thoughts and their outcomes, and they're learning how to shift their thoughts so that their thoughts are aligned with their desires or their goals, and then automatically things start to unfold. They start engaging in different behaviors. Different things take place that drive them towards the achievement of their, of their goals. That's interesting. So um, in the intro, you mentioned using a, a journal-based coaching method, and you just said it right there. So talk a little bit more about that. How did you kind of discover that that was a, a key part of coaching? So is that something you learned, or you went through the same program? Yeah. or how that, how come No, I never, I never went through a program like that. I'll tell you, I had uh, my own adversity many, many years ago. And the way that I overcame that adversity, I, I mean, I was married for 15 years and I got divorced and it was a rough time for anyone who's out there listening who's going through or has been through a divorce, it's tough. And so um, there were, you know, moments of fear, moments of depression, moments of anger, like you just feel all kinds of emotions. And what I wanted was to go or to at least try to go through my divorce with as much grace and um, dignity as I could muster. And so I would journal, and sometimes I would journal two, three times a day just to, like, get it out, get it out of my system and write down all the things that I was feeling. But more importantly than that, once I got all the negative stuff out or the fears and the worries, I was able to take some time in my journaling to start to plan, craft, imagine, design the life that I wanted to live whether it was with someone else or my business or whatever, but it's, it was my journal that was the seed of everything. And so really my journal was my source of oxygen. So when I started coaching, I thought, how do I make a difference in people's lives? If I'm really looking at emotional resilience, 
how do I get into their brains and their hearts? How do I really understand what's going on for them? I need regular data points. It can't just be a one-time thing once a week. I need more than that. I need more information. I need to start to pick up on patterns. And so from the get-go, I introduced the idea of journaling. And to be completely honest, I wanted to make sure that I was a coach that had impact. I didn't want to be a coach that went in and coached somebody and then, um, you know, was forgotten after that. I wanted to have a profound, deep impact. And I started to understand that there were certain elements that could make that happen. Number one is how deep can we go? What information do I need to access to really be able to go deep? The second part of it is how can I teach um, them the things that they need to know so they're not dependent on me but value me nonetheless? And that was this idea of creating a framework that I could teach and pass along. And the third part is you only go deep with people that you trust. So how do I build a truly... Um, trusting relationship of a higher order so that we could go, both go into territory that hasn't been tackled before. And I started to understand that it's super important that I have a high frequency of contact with my clients. And that frequency allowed us to create trust over time much more readily than any other system. And so that's how um, journaling started to come into the into the process and I mean I haven't looked back ever since it's been amazing it's a game changer for anyone who's coaching yeah I can see that you know I've been in business 14 years when I started my business I had I had been out of work for almost a year and a half which is kind of devastating and I also um, I also had cancer for the first time during that period so when I started my business I was not necessarily in a in a good place you know mentally to take on a big thing so when I started my business I had really kind of just low or average goals I was just happy to have something to do and luckily I had a mentor that kind of kicked my butt and you know got me thinking bigger um, so I'm curious about the journaling do is there a men versus women thing because I've I've actually never journaled so to speak but I, I know my wife does and is it something you have to teach men more than women or is that just not me at a, all okay. not at all and if you look at like um at this point, there's, you know, if we look at the highly driven population, they do a lot of reading, and they do a lot of reading in the area of personal and professional development, and there's an absolute trend at this point that uh, if you look at, you know, people like Branson, Oprah, whoever, these people are journalers. They write down their ideas, and it's uh, something they do regularly. So um, uh, a lot of these highly driven entrepreneurs understand that journaling is one of those things that leads you to success, kind of like, you know, the highly driven entrepreneurs wake up early and they get on the treadmill or they go to the gym or there are certain practices they engage in, maybe even meditation, that help them keep calibrated. Journaling is one of them. So um, absolutely it is not a, a female-dominated activity by any stretch of the imagination. Mm. I like what you said. You, in order to build trust, you got to go deep. How long does that usually take? Do you I'm guessing, um, you know, when people start journaling and sharing their thoughts with you and, and the other coaches, it's probably a little surface stuff at first. Nobody shares their most innermost secrets right off the bat. So there's a little bit of time frame built in there. Well, it's a bit of a time frame, but it's a fast time frame relative to coaching programs where there are no where there is no journaling. Like I'll give you an example. I was on my second call with a client. I mean, a new client. He just started second call, 
and we were talking about his journaling, and I said, I said to him, you know, I was on a call with him, and he was very quiet the whole time. And I said, you know, it's very different for me to talk to you because usually my clients have a lot to say, and usually they are doing all the talking, and I'm, you know, I'm doing a little bit of the talking. And he said, uh, really? I said, I feel like I'm, I'm sharing my whole entire heart with you. I'm, I'm spilling my guts. And so um, there's a huge what, – what's happening for the client is they're actually going very deep very quickly, especially compared to what they're used to. Wow. You know, I read where uh, I think you believe that one's mindset impacts their business results. I mean, that's – yeah, I, I kind of get that, but how for people who are struggling listening to this, what do you, what do you mean by that? The way an entrepreneur thinks, the way a leader thinks, has the biggest influence over the outcomes of the business over and above any other factor. And so that thinking piece is critical. Very often entrepreneurs look at their business and say, what can I do differently? And they always begin with the doing. But the doing is the tail end of the equation. The thinking part is the front end of the equation. I can't tell you how many leaders I see, how many entrepreneurs are busy spinning their wheels in a state of activity, buzzing, action, and not actually reaching their goals because they're only doing half. They're doing the tail end of the work. And what I want people to do is stop getting into frenetic activity, slow down, and let's make sure that your thoughts are lined up with your actions. It's kind of like when you look at a dog, right, and you want that, the, the dog to wag his tail. You don't grab the tail and shake it. You look at the dog, you give it love, you address the dog head on. You don't start with the tail. And it's the same exact idea here. You can't expect to, to reach your goals by wagging the, to, the, the, the dog's tail. Wow. Um, so, you know, I've heard people say there's not enough thinking time built into your day, and I, I, I definitely know what you're talking about, that frenetic pace. Um, do you, what, what do you do for that, for thinking time? Do you do it at the office, or do you, like, go somewhere or escape? Or uh, yeah, I, where do, you I do all kinds of things. Yeah, I do all kinds of things. I have a coach. I spend time with my coach. I wake up in the morning and I make sure there's a little bit of, like, literally just thinking time. I journal regularly as well, um, and I'm part of a mastermind group. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I wake up about 4.30 most mornings, and um, that is my most prime and, I would say, um, fertile thinking time. Before I get out of bed, before anything happens, I just I lay there and I think about and just see what comes into my head. I, I've, I have an expression. I've never had a brilliant idea in my office. It always happens when I'm outside, whether it's walking the dog, being in my boat, or going to the mountains, or driving, or whatever. But never in my office do I ever have any strokes of brilliance. You know, there's a concept, and I certainly didn't make it up, and I almost forget what it's called. Um, it's called the uh, I forget what it's called. Um, but the idea is when you do a repetitive action, like walking or washing dishes or knitting or being on a boat, it's often water-related, taking a shower. When you do something that you can engage in without thought, what happens is your brain frees up to come up with amazing ideas or solve complex problems. And um, that, that's something that is uh, kind of well-known out there. That is so cool. You know, I have this thing in my shower. You probably do too. It's called Aqua Notes. 
I get the I get some amazing thoughts in the shower, and of course my memory these days is like a colander. So this thing called Aquanotes, it's a pencil that writes on this waterproof paper, and you toss it outside the shower, and you can remember it, but before you uh, get down to your office. That's cool. I got to look that up. <laughs> You're gonna love it. I'm probably on my fifth pad. It's really inexpensive too. It's the cool part. I, so you've mentioned, um, Kim. You've mentioned the term emotional resilience in your work. You know, what is that? Emotional resilience is the ability to bounce back from adversity with speed and agility. And I'll take it one step further. It's the ability to leverage the adversity. So it's you know something bad happens to you and you fall. And you don't stay down for very long. We all fall. We all get knocked off our perch. But it's it's being able to get back up relatively fast and then looking at that adversity and say, okay, what did I learn? How can I use this? How can I leverage this? What can I do with this to make me move ahead further faster? And so that's the idea. It's getting up fast and leveraging the adversity. Wow, very cool. Um, looking at the clock, i got time for one last question. So I would say... Um, you know, my listeners are, as I described, are entrepreneurs, small business owners, probably on you know shy side of ten years, so more in the newbie stage, so to speak. Um, I think a lot of them would struggle with implementation. You know, no lack of ideas and brilliance and goals, but they struggle getting things done. What advice would you have for them? Um, you know what? I maybe if you don't mind, I'd love to give everybody who's listening a journaling exercise. How's that? So oh, that sounds great. Let's say, yeah, so let's say um, one of the things is, like, I want to I want to increase my sales, right? Everybody kind of wants that. So I want to increase my sales, and so what I want you to do is write down what it is that you want. If it's I want to increase my sales, write that, write that down. If it's I want to hire the next, um, you know, VP of marketing for my business, write that down. Whatever it is that you want to achieve, write it down. And the next question you want to say is, um, uh, how would my life be impacted if I never reached the goal? How would I feel if that never happened? And then, and so you want to write that down. And write in sentences. Sentences are super important, not point form. And then the last thing you want to write down is what's preventing me from achieving this goal. And what you find, particularly in that last question, is all the thoughts, all the beliefs, all the perspectives, all the things that are really getting in your way, which has to do with your thinking. So you might say, well, I don't have enough money. I need to advertise. I need to do all these things, and I don't have enough money in order to, in order to invest in the type of marketing that will increase my revenues. And so one of the things you want to do is say, is that true? Is money really not accessible? Do I really not have money? Do I really need money in order to get out there? What are the beliefs I have around this particular thought of why I can't achieve my goal? And what you're doing is you're drilling down and getting to the real core issue and challenging it. We're challenging your beliefs. And that's really a powerful activity that will help you understand how it's your thinking that's preventing you from being able to reach your goals as opposed to the lack of action. Mm. Wow, that sounds great. Wish I had more time to delve into that. Thank you for that. Um, so, Kim, how can I'm sure people are going to want to connect with you, learn more, and, and uh, maybe get some of your white papers. We're, what's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, so um, we spoke about the thinking traps, and if anyone's interested in learning about uh, thinking traps and seeing if any of one of them is a, a trap that you tend to fall into, 
go to thinkingtraps.com and it's complimentary. You can download that for free. And if anyone's interested in learning more about uh, frameline coaching and wants to test out this unique coaching method, uh, I encourage you to go to frameofmindcoaching.com and right there on the website is an invitation for a complimentary coaching call. Awesome. Kim, thank you so much. It was fun connecting with you. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's awesome to talk to another fellow coach. (laughs) Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with the founder of Frame of Mind Coaching, Kim Addis. Stick Like Glue is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers. Why? So they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. As always, I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. Watch for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio next week. Until then, keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Now go out there and do something nice for somebody today. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business-building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.